Welcome to Love Stories, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. I'm Kira Van Ittersom, and today's love story is Episode 3 of the Starfire Retreat, Eagle Among Us. Now, when I last left you, at the end of Episode 2, we left Catherine O'Connor and Morgan Donahue witnessing the unexpected and agonizing destruction of the Starfire's beloved sanctuary. Catherine had felt a sort of surreal and yet comforting presence of Grandpa O'Connor and the realization that even this horrible event could not destroy her resolve to have a successful Fourth of July weekend with Morgan's help. So now we return to the Starfire for Episode 3. Here's Eagle Among Us. Catherine stood beside the newly constructed wooden steps that led up to the large stage, which had also just been built near the front of the burned-out chapel. From where she stood, she could easily see out over the hillside, rolling majestically down to the enormous Star Lake in the distance. Immediately in front of her were twenty rows of seated guests, family, friends, and town and county officials, flanked on both sides by an enormous group of both Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, all guests on the grounds of the Starfire Retreat for this Fourth of July weekend. On the stage were three smaller rows of seats for honored guests. In the front row sat Nate Donahue's parents, Sean and Mayor Donahue. Beside them were Nate's brothers, Carson, the oldest, and Morgan, the middle son, as well as Stu Baker, the scoutmaster of Nate's troop. In the two rows behind them were men of varying ages, all Eagle Scouts associated with Nate's troop, who had come to be a part of Nate's Eagle Scout ceremony being held on this auspicious day. Behind the stage was a wall of navy blue curtains, hanging in tiers across the huge steel scaffolding erected at the front of the chapel and successfully shielding from sight the recently burned-out building. Stretched across the rear of the stage was a huge banner with an enormous image of an eagle in flight, emblazoned at its center. The unfortunate stench of burned wood was still in the air, though vases and wreaths of red, white, and blue flowers had been positioned along the aisles and across the front of the stage platform. They were all a part of the virtual sea of flowers, which had quickly poured into the Starfire's offices once word got around that the sanctuary had burned. Guests for Nate's Eagle Court of Honor would have normally gathered inside the chapel sanctuary for this momentous occasion. It was the natural choice made by most troops who frequented the Starfire. When Catherine had suggested the alternative of moving the ceremony to the large amphitheater at the edge of the lake, Sam, the groundskeeper, who was also Fiona's son and an intricate figure at the retreat, had immediately issued his objections, saying, Catherine, the weather should be beautiful on Saturday. It's supposed to be partially cloudy and not excessively hot either. It'll be a perfect day for an outside affair on the lawn of the chapel. I think this ceremony belongs there, with a stage facing the lake. The view would be breathtaking and more important. People will be naturally curious about what happened here, 
And frankly, I think it's a good idea for others in the community to see it, too. And if this was done on purpose, as you seem to believe, we want whoever did it to see that the Starfire will not be thwarted in the least by this devious action. The rebuilding is already being planned. As soon as the investigation of the fire department and the sheriffs are complete, the rebuilding will begin. And though Catherine hadn't known it at the time, it turned out that Sam had been absolutely right. Support was forthcoming from the townspeople and from every major group who used the Starfire's grounds and facilities. The response was almost immediate, as pledges of money, workers, and materials flooded into Catherine's email and more assistance had continued to come in during the last few days since that blazing inferno had engulfed the sanctuary. The past few days had gone by like a mighty whirlwind of activities, with the preparing of all the July 4th weekend, as well as changing so many plans for Nate's court of honor. But the one thing Catherine knew now with concrete evidence is that she would not be alone in handling affairs at the Starfire. By weight of providence, Heaven and earth were now moving to assist her in ways that she herself could never have imagined. The most important news of all had come from Washington, D.C., as Representative Keaton had called Catherine personally to pledge the full support of her office in getting to the bottom of this tragedy. She said that there was a lot of information coming together far quicker than even she could have guessed possible and she promised to personally keep Catherine informed of any news that would impact the Starfire retreat. Here on the chapel's great lawn, Catherine looked out once more at the crowd, scanning the faces there. Catherine could see now that even the lake's great amphitheater could not have accommodated this crowd. There had been many Eagle Scout Award ceremonies on the grounds of the huge Starfire retreat. But this surpassed anything Catherine had ever witnessed. Today, as she looked down the hill's clearing, she could see that nearly every group on the grounds this weekend had sent representatives with gifts and offers of assistance. The clearing was full. Blankets and towels had been laid out on the ground, and people, young and old, were seated on the hillside right up to the edge of the woods, facing the stage, in unified support of this occasion. It looked like most of the locals were here, too. The burned-out hull of the chapel itself had inspired this beacon of compassion that had reached out in every direction from the Starfire summit. Oddly, this large expanse of lawn had never been used before for gatherings. Yet today, Catherine realized this was the most obvious place to be for an occasion like this. She was filled with a comforting sensation as it powerfully struck her for the first time that the Starfire Retreat was not only her home. In many ways, it was home to all of these people as well. There were so many familiar faces in the crowd, faces of people she had known for most of her life, people who were regular visitors here, and certainly many who felt more like family to her than guests. Seeing so many of them all assembled in one place filled her eyes with spontaneous tears. For as much as she had worried about the future of the Starfire, she knew with certainty now that she had never really been alone. These people were behind her with an unwavering allegiance, just as they'd always been behind her Grandpa O'Connor. The importance of the Eagle Scout ceremony, coupled with the emotions of losing the sanctuary, 
brought to the surface the kind of dedication that everyone here felt for the grounds and the entire Starfire Retreat community. It was overwhelming, the level of real trust and friendship displayed. Catherine felt a deep and abiding love here today. She also felt very proud of Nate Donahue, but she knew that the ceremony did not just belong to him. She was honored and blessed to be a part of the Starfire and the cohesive family of visitors who shared in Grandfather O'Connor's values and his dream of lasting brotherhood that had been created here. For the first time since her grandfather's death, Catherine felt completely at ease and filled with a light sense of happiness. The ceremony was a lengthy one, beginning with the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by the introduction of Nate and his parents and family, and all of the other eagles present who were also invited to sit in the nest of honor. Scout honor guards escorted every important figure to the stage for varying purposes, like the candle lighting ceremony and all of the symbolism of the traits an Eagle Scout possesses. Try as she might, Catherine could hardly get through this part of the ceremony without crying. It was deeply moving to hear a young man honored as an individual in this way, with all of his own accomplishments mentioned in detail and with such decorum. Becoming an Eagle was no small accomplishment indeed, and many of the scouts who made this rank had more knowledge and much of it hands-on than those graduating with a two-year college degree. And this did not include the character building involved in continuously helping others to also succeed. The ceremony had finally come to the part where the Eagle Scout himself could speak. Nate thanked all of the key players who had helped him succeed and who had put together this affair, and he gave out some nice thank-you gifts to those who had done so much for him. Then, with the microphone still in hand, he turned directly to the crowd. I want to thank each of you for coming out today to honor me. means more than I could ever say. I do also want to say a few words today about the Starfire Retreat. It's a place that I've had the pleasure of experiencing for all of my life. Jim O'Connor was my dad's best friend. He was a special kind of man. Well, he taught me more about honor without saying a word than any of the long speeches you've heard here today. Honor is about who you're being in every moment of your life. And, well, Jim O'Connor was a man you naturally respected. I wanted to do all I could to gain his respect, too. We all felt the tragedy of this burning sanctuary because we knew what it represented. It was like burning the heart of a great person that we all loved. And we were blessed to be loved by Jim O'Connor. But if they burned out all the buildings, it wouldn't change what lives in our hearts. The Starfire Retreat is far more than just a few well-used buildings. It's the spirit of a great man. Turning to Catherine, Nate said, Miss O'Connor, would you please step up here with me? Catherine walked up to meet him, and Nate took her hand at the top of the stairs, and he walked her to the center where he had stood. Everyone, you all know Miss Catherine O'Connor. I just want to thank her for all her hard work and getting this affair together for me. I deeply appreciate all that you've done, Catherine. And Nate hugged her. With that, the entire crowd was on their feet clapping and whistling. 
Then all those seated on the stage also rose and moved to congratulate Nate. Catherine took the microphone and announced to the guests that food had been prepared in the great dining hall, saying, The moms from Nate's troupe have gone all out to decorate and display his accomplishments, so everyone is invited to file through and join in the celebration at the big house. Now I need to take a short break for a moment to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for Bullet Pad. And now, back to my show. As the crowd dispersed and most of the greetings and well wishes were completed, Morgan remained with Catherine. Turned out well, he said. All of your hard work paid off. In view of the sadness and loss you were dealt earlier in the week, this feels like an incredible miracle. But I knew that if it could be done, you would make it happen. I didn't want to forget to thank you, Catherine. I've never seen Nate happier. Morgan, you've been right here beside me. You know that I could not have done this without your help and the help of so many others. I've learned something important over the last few days, something that Grandpa must have always known. The Starfire Retreat is not run by me or even by the Starfire staff. She's run by those who visit her, too. So many people who, like Grandpa, want to see peace and harmony thrive and grow in the world. I think that's why Grandpa loved this spot so much. It was here that he kept a high watch over the entire community. It's here that he did his praying. It's here that he created his visions for the future. It was fitting that we should have a beautiful ceremony here. It lifted the spirits of everyone affected by our losses and not just our exquisite floral sanctuary, but Grandpa himself. And it let those who have been grieving know that we won't let his dream die. I think most of us felt his presence here today, right here on this hilltop that he loved so much. What happened here today demonstrated to everyone present that the Starfire is still alive and well, and we're all a part of it. Well, I sure did feel a special kind of energy here today. It really was extraordinary, said Morgan. Yes, it was. Right now, I'm not sure how things will work out exactly with Plankerton Oil or anyone else who may want to challenge what Grandpa started here. But truthfully, I'm not feeling so threatened anymore. I have a renewed faith that this place represents all that's good and right in the world. So this ceremony today turned out to be a special gift for me, too. Like you said earlier, I'm going to just have to do what I do best here at the Starfire and let others who also love this place help me to deal with the things I can't control. Morgan smiled warmly. I'm so glad to hear that, Cat. As they turned to exit the stage, Catherine saw that Sam was waving to her, obviously trying to get her attention. She quickly stepped down the stairs to where he stood. Sam said, Please excuse us, Morgan. Then he took Catherine by the arm and moved her a few steps away 
for privacy. Catherine, I hate to have to bother you right now. I know this is a time of celebration, but the sheriff just called your office. Mom just called and asked me to tell you personally as soon as I could get you away from the others, and then he paused, looked toward Morgan. Apparently there's more information now about the fire. Sheriff Bryson needs you to call him back as soon as possible. Mom asked me to bring you to the big house as soon as you're done here. Sam glanced back over his shoulder toward Morgan. I'd like to drive you back to the big house now, if that's all right. Can you break away from these guests? Yes, just give me a moment. I'll tell Morgan to cover for me, and I'll come with you. Walking to Morgan, Catherine said, Morgan, I need to get back to the big house to take care of something. Can you make apologies and thank the dignitaries for me? And tell them I'll see them back at the big house. Yes, of course. Is everything all right? Well, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but it seems there's some news about the fire, and Fiona wants me to hurry along. Okay, I'll find you later then, and I'll be eager to hear the details. Catherine then turned and walked with Sam to the two-track at the other side of the sanctuary, where he had parked his truck. He helped Catherine up into the passenger side, then jumped into the driver's seat, popped the gear into reverse, and turned the vehicle around, heading out to the blacktop. Sam was quiet and far more serious than normal. It made Catherine nervous. Sam, is everything okay? You don't seem like yourself. I'm well enough, Catherine. I guess we haven't had much time to talk lately, have we? Well, I guess I've just been busy getting ready for the fourth. I was just thinking that I've been kind of missing seeing you. You, you looked really pretty today, Catherine. And the things you said were nice, too. And Nate was so happy. It was a day for the record books, don't you think? Catherine had her eyes fixed on Sam's face. Everything had always felt free and easy between them, but suddenly now, he was almost stammering. Sam held a position of respect at the Starfire. He was the groundskeeper, completely in charge of the care of the entire estate, including the buildings, gardens, paths, and lawns. He answered to none but Catherine, and she had never felt it necessary to tell him how to do his job. It was always done with the highest of standards. And Samuel was always about the cleanest mechanic she'd ever seen. Right now, true to his nature, He was wearing a clean-pressed forest green uniform with a starfire insignia on the shirt pocket. He was a fine cut of a man, too. He was tall and dark, trim and muscular, with handsome angular features, glinting black eyes, and pearly white teeth. It had always made Catherine feel proud to have him representing the starfire retreat. It had always made her feel good to know that Samuel was there to take care of the grounds, which had taken the bulk of the workload away from her Grandpa O'Connor. Grandpa would not have allowed anyone else to do it, but he trusted Samuel, and that trust was well-placed because Sam knew his stuff, and he was one of the kindest, most respectful men Catherine had ever known. In what seemed like no time at all, they were passing the carriage house where Sam lived with Fiona, and also Molly, the tour guide. It was beautiful like a large stone cottage with an attached four-bay garage. It also had a long, curved driveway, and Catherine admired the little welcome garden of flowers 
that Samuel had planted out front along the drive. It was just the kind of thing Sam would do to please Fiona. The cottage looks so beautiful this year, Sam. Fiona must love what you've done with the flowers. Yes, I believe she's made a comment or two. And then smiling, he added, Thank you, Catherine. They were now passing the woods that lay between the cottage and the big house. Pulling into the front parking area, Sam steered toward the front door and parked at the curb, jumping out quickly to open Catherine's door and help her down from the high cab. After she stepped down, Sam held each of her hands longer than necessary. He looked at her earnestly. Catherine, I won't keep you just now because you have business to attend to, but, well, Catherine, I know we've all been unusually busy getting prepared for this grand weekend, and you've been working a lot lately with Morgan. Then he stopped and looked directly into her eyes. I just want you to know, Catherine, that I've missed seeing you at mealtimes, and I've missed our chats when you stop by on your walkthroughs, too. I didn't want to intrude on your privacy, especially with you mourning the loss of your grandpa. But, Catherine, I want you to know that I care about you, and lately, I've missed you. And then he smiled in a most charming, almost bashful way, and Catherine was struck with his genuinely kind regard. She smiled at him and felt an unusual intensity between them as he continued to hold onto her hands and gaze into her eyes. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate all that you do here more than you know. I... I better go now. Thank you for the ride. I better run and find Fiona. Yes, she'll be waiting. Catherine gently pulled her hands away as Sam had not yet released her. Then she smiled and walked quickly toward the door. Now I'm going to take another break to thank another of our sponsors. Also sponsoring today's show is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And now, we'll return to my show. Inside, Catherine could see that folks were still filing into the dining hall from the veranda entrance. She scanned the room and then darted into the kitchen where Fiona was assisting the scout moms as they filled more trays with food. Fiona saw Catherine and broke away from the group. Grabbing Catherine's arm, she pulled her out of the kitchen and toward the stairs. I've been waiting for you. I have some news, and Sheriff Bryson will be here too. I asked him to wait a while since we're right in the middle of the celebration for Nate. At the top of the stairs, she entered Grandpa's room and shut the door behind them. Here, let's sit on the bed and I'll tell you what I know. Once they were seated, she turned and looked into Catherine's anxious eyes. They found the one who set the fire. The sheriff said that the evidence is conclusive. There's no easy way to say this. The fire was set by one man and it appears to have been done by him alone. 
It was a man named Colin Blake. Catherine's expression was one of total shock. Yes, Catherine, it was Molly's father. Molly's father? Fiona nodded. Grandpa told me once that Molly's parents were no longer living here. He suggested that Molly might be more comfortable if we didn't speak about them. I knew there was probably more to the story, but I respected Grandpa's advice. He never wanted to speak ill of anyone, one of the things I admired most about him, so I left it alone. There's more, Catherine. Colin was badly burned in the fire, and it's not a pretty story, Catherine. The man died in the woods trying to get away. They might never have found him except for a fluke. He had come by boat up the creek across the hill. The boat was tied under an old pier. Old Charlie Barnes owns that pier. He said that the boat wasn't visible at first. What drew him to it was an eagle circling above it. He was curious about why the bird was there, so he walked closer. That's when he noticed the boat. There were some clothes and other things in it. Sheriff Bryson traced the boat to one that had been reported stolen. That's when he had an uneasy feeling, and he connected the boat to the fire. He took a shirt from the boat and then used his dogs to trace the scent from the woods near the chapel on over the hillside toward the creek. Sure enough, the dogs led him right to Colin, where he had collapsed. He hadn't gotten far. The worst of it is that Molly doesn't know, and we're going to have to tell her. Her family story is complicated, but I'm pretty sure she'll blame herself for this fire when she does know. Oh, no. Dear Molly, right now she's so happy. She and Nate have become close. It's the happiest I've seen her since Grandpa died. Well, you may as well know. When your Grandpa took Molly in here, he wasn't just giving her a job. He was rescuing her. We'll wait, Catherine, until we have full details of what happened, but we must tell her, and soon. This kind of information leaks quickly. Then Fiona added, There was one more thing that seemed really unbelievable. When he found Colin Blake, the sheriff said that he also saw an eagle perched in a branch right overhead. In his words, he said, Scout's honor. And Catherine's eyes widened. Fiona! Morgan and I saw an eagle, too, as we were walking through the woods the morning the sanctuary caught fire. I hadn't thought of it until just now. Well, amazing grace, said Fiona. And that's my story for today. I want to thank you for being with me. You can subscribe to my show by going to iTunes Podcast and just look for the Better Living Institute Love Stories Podcast. Or you can also find love stories on the web at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. There you will find all of our podcast articles and products. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I hope that you will share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for being with me, and please join me again next week. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kira Van Ittersom. So long for now, everyone.